Welcome to Spiritually Raw. We expose and explore controversial truths, myths, and theories surrounding the spirit world. Guests include investigators, debunkers, and skeptics of the supernatural, unexplained, and flat-out unimaginable. Content discussed on this show is not necessarily the opinion of the cast of Spiritually Raw, and topics quite often are for mature audiences only. This show is not intended to replace any medical, financial, or legal advice, and is for entertainment purposes only. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I know you have a show to watch. So let me get real quick into this with you. Okay, so Ascended Masters, you're watching right now, browse, select, ascend. It's very easy to use. All you have to do is scroll down here, you're going to see the different categories, sessions, courses, products, entertainment, books, conscious business growth. All you do is you simply click on the category that's resonating with you or that you're in need of. And you're going to see a video directory of some of the greatest minds out there. And within five to seven minutes, you'll find out who that person is, what their style is, and if they're going to help you on your your journey call life. It's a very easy, very easy formula to follow right here. And also too, if you're one of those who does have a product or service that you think that will be a benefit to others, and you'd like to be on Ascended Masters, our email is in the description below. It's askspirituallyrawgmail.com. We'll set up a time to chat and see how you can make a difference in the world for people. So hope you're enjoying the site, everybody. Thanks for sharing this and much love to you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. We'll see you next time. Hello, everybody. How are you? And welcome to Spiritually Raw. And, and as always, thank you so much for your energy exchange with us today. And we hope you woke to the most miracle morning and are also having the most fortunate day today. So uh, your most anticipated topic, Crystal Skulls here. And I'm so through, excited. Yes, you are. And listen, everybody, for the rest of us, we're going to learn about it together. All right. So we'll hang in there. We'll, we'll get through it. But uh, we do have Joshua Shapiro, who's going to enlighten us on that. So we're really, really excited to get to talk to him. He's a great guy. You're going to absolutely love his vibe. All of the links for how to connect with him and learn out more about how he can help you on your journey called life will be in the description below. So um, in, in addition to that, uh, don't forget like our Telegram, all the stuff, you know, stay connected with us all in there. So make sure to hit the like button, please. And I know you guys are going to love this video and all three of us would greatly appreciate it if you would share the video. And, uh, you know, Josh, I love this topic because there's so much mystery behind the crystal skulls. And um, Jay and I have interviewed over 2000 people. And this is the first time we've been able to talk to an expert about this topic. So I'm super excited. Uh, so let's talk about Josh. He, Joshua Shapiro, he's been involved in the Crystal Skulls since 1983, and he's literally devoted his entire life and his resources to sharing the absolute best information about these crystalline artifacts and the future, which is so cool, we're going to find out, the future role that these crystal skulls play within our world. And um, he's had the opportunity to privately visit a number of these well-known crystal skulls, which we're gonna go through that as well. He's the author of various books, including The Mysteries of the Crystal Skulls. Revealed. Revealed, thank you, that was on the second page. The Crystal Skulls Revealed. <laughs> and yeah. The Journeys of the Crystal Skull Explorers amongst a bunch of other um, books as well. So um, all of Josh's links are gonna be in the description below. So make sure to check out his website and his books and his ebooks and all that great stuff. You really are excited, aren't you? I'm so excited. You really are. All right, cool. Well, let's 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 not hold it back anymore. Join me, everybody. Welcome in Joshua. Joshua, how are you? And welcome. I'm doing great and a great honor to be here. As I explained to you, I watched you guys talk to Gene Decode, and that led me on some other journeys. So I'm eternally Aww. grateful. And to get your email, it was like, what? They want to talk to me? That's unbelievable. So Aww. what comes around goes around. 
I guess Absolutely. so. Yeah. So let's uh, let's dive right in if we can uh, with you sure. and the crystal skull topic. So first of all, can you help enlighten us um, the crystal skull phenomena as 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 we talk about it? As what what is it? What is it? Number one, what is it? And you're okay. Got it. <laughs> so so there's an actual physical thing. So there's a physical crystal skull. Uh, what is the what is the association now with that? So when one looks at that skull that you just held up. Um, what is the association? What is it designed to do for us here where we reside here on this planet Earth or wherever it is? What's and it designed how many to do? Are there? Okay, these are two questions. So if I forget your question, then ask me again. No problem. As you get older, you start forgetting things. Okay, so what I would say to simplify it is the crystal skulls right now are, are a powerful tool for helping people to open up to their spirituality. Okay, because Within the crystal skulls, like the one that I'm holding, are certain frequencies and vibrations which interact with human beings because we're also light beings, vibrational beings. And usually the skulls pick us, we don't pick them. So like, for example, this particular one, which uh, is called the rabbi, was a gift from a friend who had read one of my books the book Aww. that I wrote about the blue skull in Peru, which was a you know, whole venture and everything. And I had a dream of a blue skull and my friend who read the book felt inspired to send this skull. How beautiful. So, so I believe that this was destined to be with me. And she called it the rabbi because it looks like there's a little skull cap or yarmulke on the top part of the, Joshua, of the did, skull. Did your friend know you had that dream about the blue skull or was okay, that? Yeah, true? because it was in the book. I got you. Okay, so she got, got the book from me. And yes. in that dream also, when I was seeing this blue skull, the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, which is the most famous crystal skull in the world, with the prior owner, Anna Mitchell Hedges, before she had passed away. She was in that dream too. So it was very, very interesting. But you know, when you go to Peru, it's a very high vibrational frequency. I was high up in the yeah. Andes Mountains. I could have been close to where this blue skull, this is not the one I was looking for, but this one holds its energy for us. Um, so, you know, it's just a really powerful experience. So, the, so that's what I think, you know, the skulls are a tool for awakening consciousness, for helping one to develop the spirituality. But of course, you know, they've been around for thousands of years. There's uh, histories around them. And each crystal skull is going to respond differently to each individual. Like some people might look at this one and say, I love it. I, I love that energy. It's made out of obs uh, obsidian, right? by the way. And other people might say, I don't feel nothing for it. But then I might show them a different one and a different piece of quartz crystal, and they might go, yeah, that's great. I love that energy. So it's kind of a personal thing. You can't make a statement that's true for everybody. Okay, no, fair, fair But enough. that's why you have to have your own skull, because you need your own experiences, and the skull will be like a guide. It takes you on a journey. You know, that's why all my books are called Journey. How do you... Um... So the relationship with the skull, you mentioned that the skull picks you, okay? So I get that. It's like Moldavite. Moldavite picks the person too. Yeah, that's what they say, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So you uh, you mentioned that the skull picks the person. And so the relationship with the person. So once that person, let's say, for example, finds the skull and they have the relationship, Joshua, with the skull, uh, how, how does it how does it begin do you do you activate it in any way do you do you pray over like how does that relationship start or is it simply i purchase it 
put it on my bedstand and all right, let's do our thing. Or how, how does it, how does it work from there? Go and ahead. and I, I'd like to tag on that um, because I, I've seen rose quartz crystal skulls that I'm very drawn, drawn to, but then there's the crystal skulls, like the famous ones. So are you saying that even like the rose quartz and, and obsidian ones or whatever it might, the crystal might be made out of, each one of those are equally powerful? Well, again, I think it's based on personal experience. Uh, and when I say the skull picks you, that's making an implication that it has an intelligence attached to it, by the that's way. That's true. That's very So true. I call it a living consciousness. Like the rabbi has its own living consciousness, but for the most part, he's pretty quiet. Whereas <laughs> I have another skull that I chose not to show because he's more heavy than this one, Portal de Luz, um, you know, who's very talkative. And uh, especially when I'm writing, if he's around, I just get activated. I can, I hear things. I may not be the greatest writer, but I know exactly what I need to write. And because I'm Aries, I'll go too fast. And now that I'm older, I, I won't use the right word or whatever. But I think because we all know, as we're sitting here doing this interview, the world is getting ready for a major breakthrough. Yeah. Okay. And I, and you know, this is what one of my free eBooks is about. And, you know, so I think what'll happen is the crystal skulls will become even more powerful and a more powerful tool to help people to awaken because we're gonna be surrounded by very powerful, positive, loving energies. Right. And it's just like, we'll be working closely with nature and all of our gifts will start coming out. Cause that's what I felt around the skulls. Like they enhanced my spiritual gifts. If I trust it, if I don't argue with it, you know, like if I get an inspiration, like I'm not adverse to doing crazy things, probably because I'm Aries, I don't care what other people think about me. I have to be true to myself. That's the key. Yes. And uh, so sometimes, uh, especially Portal de Luz, he calls me dad, he'll say, dad, you should do this. What are you talking about? That's insane. Trust me. Have I ever guided you wrong? He'll talk with like a little Jewish accent. Dad, yeah. did I ever guide you wrong? It's true. Follow it. Okay. Can we go back to that? What you just said, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, were you referring that the skull talks to you like that? Telepathically, yeah. Telepathically, okay. But everybody, everybody's going to receive it differently. I hear it in my mind's voice. Like I when I speak, like when I'm talking to you, I can hear somebody talking, say, make sure you tell them about this. And you didn't answer April's question about how many there are. That's right. We got to come back to that. But it, it's a form of telepathic communication is what I'd say. That's but it can be on a feeling cool. level. It can be on dreams. It depends upon what is your strongest gift. See, I'm constantly have a conversation in my mind's voice all the time. I'm used to it. Okay. I don't know if I'm talking to myself, if they're talking with me, because mm -hmm. the highest level, we are all one. So it doesn't matter. I'm talking to some aspect of myself. I even had, I think creator came through and gave me an idea one time when I was kind of like, you know, uh, confused. I said, you know, how can each of us have any value compared to the immensity of the universe? And the voice said, well, I live through each of you and you're all unique. So I enjoy the unique experience I get from you and I don't judge it. Like, you know, as human beings, we might say this was a good experience. That's a bad. It's irrelevant. It's the experience of being that individual or person. That's what creator receives from each of us. 
Um, that's so cool. <clears throat> now, do you keep all of your skulls together or are they separated in different various parts of your house? Well, it just depends what we're working on. Like what we do is uh, we sell crystal skulls and then we'll have these new ones sit with ours and they'll get charged. So there'll only be a subset of them that they'll sit with. And also because of our current location where we're staying, it's not appropriate to have them all together in the same place. So my wife, Katrina, she kind of puts them in different places as she's guided to do so. So, you right. know, well, why, why isn't it appropriate to have them together? Because of the other people we live with. They're uh, not believe. They're not believers. Let's. Got it. You got it. Okay. Okay. Got so it. we need to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's good. They already think we're crazy enough anyway. Right. And then we you got crystal skulls everywhere. Um, I want to. I want to get back to uh, the original question because I know we're throwing a lot at you fast. So thanks for this. Okay. Um, yeah. The act. The activation process of the relationship. So how does that work? So how do you activate it? Do you pray with it? Do you meditate it? Like how do you right. form that bond? If you this will? is a really good question, Jay. Um, well, I think the best way to start is, is like come in with a blank slate. Like in other words, you could read what somebody else did, but it may not work for you. So what you have to do, again, it's about trust in your own process. So what I suggest to people to do to start is meditate. So, you know, you just hold the skull, however it's comfortable, go outside, stay inside, you know, wherever you want to go and just meditate. Now, there is a possibility because I've heard this from people where they'll get a new skull and they'll meditate for a few weeks and nothing's happening. And they're going and they'll, they'll write to me and say, you know, I'm working with it and I don't feel anything. I don't get any communication or whatever. The challenge is, is that there's always divine timing in everything. So in other words, a crystal skull may come to you, but it's not really the right time for the individual to work with it. So it'll appear as if it's not activated. But then all of a sudden they'll wake up one morning and they'll be drawn to it and they'll have the most magnificent experience. So it's like anything else, it's, it's timing. But the key is you got to get to know the skull and the skull needs to know you. It's kind of like a sharing of energies. Okay. And eventually you come to a point like where I'm at with most of these skulls, I don't need them to be by me to talk to them. I just think about them and I'm in communication with them. So it's like kind of a merger. Naming, are you naming them? Yes, every single one. Okay. Every single one has a name, but it's not the name I want. It's the name that I'm impressed to give it because the name usually is indicative of the type of energy that that crystal skull will work with because each one is different. Like, for example, Portal de Luz, Portal of Light in Portuguese or Spanish. That skull seems to be communicating with cosmic beings and, you know, is, uh, you know, more connected with outer space than Earth. And then we have some skulls like the, the rabbi, which is more grounded and practical, as far as I can tell. And the rabbi was the name given by the prior owner. So I just honored it. And I said, yeah, it's a good name. I'm Jewish. Why not? That's perfect. Can you, can you tell me in... I love um, it. The, the 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 okay so can you tell me like from your research of what you've done on this um and thanks for sharing all this we appreciate it can you tell us from the research that you've learned about this how did someone or some group or anybody determine here's a skull hey this skull associates to our consciousness like how we are you able to go back to that place or find out how that happened and who, what that trigger was that said hey if we were to connect with skulls this is what this could mean for us like who who did who was able to uncover that 
that that gift, that mystery, if you would? Um, I don't know if there was any one specific person. I can only relate it to, and you're going to laugh at this answer because this is what I hear from them. They told me. They said, we have a living consciousness that works through us. That's who's speaking to you. And it's kind of like, so the stone, whatever stone it's made from, comes from Mother Earth. Okay. Yeah. It comes out of the earth. It's mined or somebody dug it or whatever. And then some carver. If this is a modern skull, okay, the older ones we don't exactly know because they could be of, they could have been manufactured by very advanced means. They could have been gifted from gods or galactics. So we don't know. But for the modern ones, you know, the process is it comes out of the ground, it goes to a carver, and then it goes to the, I call them the guardian, not the owner, okay, the guardian. And um, so, and then there seems to be some kind of a spirit or a collection of spirits that say, we know this skull's going there. So the stone is giving permission to be used by the spirits to be used to assist humanity. So, so the skull or the intelligence through the skull is what's telling me, hey, you know, we have these other consciousnesses, which could be dimensional consciousness, they could be angelic consciousnesses, they could be spirit guides, almost anything. It's like these beings are looking at us and saying, you know, the people of the earth, they need a lot of help right now. So we can work through these skulls because they look like human beings in a way, you know, it looks like a person. And then we can talk to them like a person and they'll be okay with that. And then this is a way we can give some guidance without interference, because this is always the, the rule. You cannot directly interfere in the spiritual evolution of a, of a people, but you can give advice. You can send love. So this is the kind of energy I've experienced through the skulls to empower, thank you, empower us to be who we truly are. So once we are empowered to be who we are, then their job's done, then they can go do something else. So this is them telling me this. Right. You know, I, I never thought about it before until you said it about them having a consciousness because I'll never forget. We were at a crystal show. This was years ago. And I saw a pink skull. It was a pink quartz crystal skull. I immediately gravitated to it. It was not big size. It was stunning. And I wanted it. But at the time I was like, I didn't understand the representation of what you're saying. I just thought it was a beautiful carving of a skull that happened to be in a quartz crystal. But I've never been able to forget about this pink quartz crystal skull. And I, I like it, my energy was then saying to me, buy it, buy it, buy it. But it was like a couple hundred dollars. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I really. Mm. And but I never been able to stop thinking about this pink quartz crystal skull. And now I understand why. That makes perfect. That makes a lot of sense. You think you were drawn to that? You think that was calling to you? Yeah, I did. Buy me, take me home. Right. But at, me, at the time, told me. At the it time, had to do with time. your star energy, April, your origins. You already know this, I assume. Mm, right? Yes, I never thought about it like that. Your origins from the stars. Oh, so yeah. So it was yeah, this yeah. connection because I'm there with you. I can see. I can't see it because that's not my vision. I can feel the energy and the essence of it. And it's saying, I called out to her because she's. I have her star energies, you know, inside. Yes. It was a perfect match in heaven. It but was. It will, she doesn't but, call, but, she doesn't write. Right, exactly. But yeah. something will come up around this, whether it's that one or another one, but it will be rose quartz and it will really empower you. And it'll bring out some of your other gifts that you're kind of like, you know, I don't know if I wanted to show people those things. 
you know, because oh you only show like, certain things when you're on the radio. You know, so, right. It's so, uh, wait, wait, hold on a second. So <laughs> just because I didn't buy that particular one, another one's going to circulate back around towards me. Yeah, or we can help you if you want. Oh, I love it. We have carvers. We can make a rose quartz skull for you. Wow. And then we can charge them with ours. We have one called, uh, uh, I can't remember. What's the name of our rose quartz skull? Rosalita, we have a, a, a skull like the Mitchell. I just go. I wasn't a skull Rosalita. talking though, right? That was that was actually. <laughs> no, that was Katrina. I was gonna say that's one hell of a business you got there, man. <laughs> right, and that one is thirteen pounds with a movable jaw, and she's beautiful. Wow. Unbelievable. Right. So the the skull as it relates to connecting to the consciousness, and I get that, and I and I and I absolutely, you know, I think it's so important for what you're doing right now to give people some sort of connection and you know, to source. And, um, you know, like I said, I've looked at it. And I, I want to, I want to talk about a misconception for a minute, if I can. So okay, sure. when you first think about skulls, you know, right. my mind, anyway, I'll just talk about mine, because I can't blanket everybody, my mind automatically goes secret society, a skull, yeah. secret society. Yeah. What's the what's the connection with that? Or how is that even? How is that even relevant? And have, is that have I gotten that completely way off base? Did they, they steal use, it? They did they did they take that because they use a lot of these symbols symbols if you would of skulls they take a look well at, they're not depicted in the lightest way is what i'm saying right well we have um a negative connotation of of a skull a human bone skull because it was the skull of a person who died dark magic has been performed around them as well but the thing is everything that's given to us by creator is there as a tool for allowing us to grow spiritually and it can be used in a positive way or a negative way. So like, for example, some of the older skulls, which were not made by modern carvers that I've seen, have man's inhumanity to man because Mesoamerican priests were using them in sacrifice, like in Mexico. Oh. And there was one I saw in Mexico City where I actually got ill. And that's, you're never going to get me to admit when I'm not feeling well, probably because I'm an Aries. But I couldn't do anything about it. I was overwhelmed. Even myself, having visited so many skulls, I had to have I had a healing. But I felt that that skull had been misused. Okay, so it's it's looked at as a power tool. So like early on, when I started doing this, people say, oh, they're so powerful, you know, about power. It's not about power. It's about expansion. It's about Okay. revealing the truth it's about special energies to enhance who we are and to awaken us so so um so that's the reason why there would be some negative connotation like you know i would have pictures when we didn't have digital pictures we had regular photography and the and they would come at the store and why you got pictures of skulls what's wrong with you you know, what is this? People didn't understand about it. So that's yeah. why I say it's really important to have your own personal experience and to have the right skull coming to you because then, you know, what I'm talking about, it'll make perfect sense because you already have the experiences. There are a lot of experiences I have that I can't put into words because it's on an inner level, but it's an enhancement of who I am. I got you. When people go and look at a, an array of skulls, so there's obviously going to be people very fascinated by this, watching this right now. And right. Say, okay, hey, let me look at these skulls. Uh, as they're reviewing them, what are some of the signals or signs that they would need to look for to say, okay, that one's for me. That one's for me. Like, oh, so what I mean by that? Would it be like I'm looking at something and maybe telepathically the voice gets louder? It can. It can be like, any like, manner of things. You could see light flashing around it. 
you could just feel yourself loving that artifact, not understanding why. Um, it's it's just how the vibrational frequency of the skull affects the individual. But I mean, it's, it's almost like immediate. But it's important, like you said, to go in with a clean slate so you're not right but i'm saying even when you start to work with your skull you yeah. know you can listen to what other people have done but you'll find your own way mm -hmm. and eventually you'll no longer need to ask questions what do i do with this it's because you'll have a communication with your crystal skull and you'll like know what to do like portal de luz when i was in the in the uk kept saying dad go to the crop circles go to the crop circles and so we had some really crazy experiences around crop circles but it, i i heard it through him Okay, mm -hmm. to do that. So, you know, it's an adventure. That's all I can say. Do all and your it, skulls refer to you as dad, as a fatherly figure? Is no. That, or is that, or can that be different? So we're not, a, we're not always, all of us, uh, a parental figure to these skulls. We could have any, no. they, in your case, yeah. dad. For this that one, particular right? one, he calls me dad. So that I say, okay, fine. Because we've been through the most experiences together. He's the one that gets on the cover of the books. You know, uh, some people want to take him away from me because they love him so much. So, you know, he's just one of those special ones. And, uh, he probably doesn't ask for royalties, which is good. On your no, list. he doesn't ask for royalties. Ask so. for much. That's good. No, uh, but he does like to meet a lot of new people. So. I got you. Um, the ones, the crystal skulls that a lot of people see on TV is that one where it's literally like, I guess it's a quartz clear crystal. Right. Um, is, is that the Mitchell Hedges? Yes. Okay. Number one, how, how was that found? Who created it? Why And why was it put there? And then particularly, why was that person that found, like, I mean, lots of people could have found it, right? But this one particular lady or her family had found it. What do you attribute to that? Okay, so this is basically the story. And don't interrupt me after I finish so I can answer your first question, how many there are? Because okay. I think that's an important question. Okay, so uh, the Mitchell Hedges family in the 1920s, they were exploring um, British Honduras, which is Belize. They had been granted permission by the British government because it was a colony of England at the time. And um, they came across uh, a Mayan city that was buried by vegetation. So uh, F.A. Mitchell Hedges asked the local natives to help them and they saw this immense city with pyramids and everything. So Anna Mitchell Hedges, who was his adopted daughter in 1924 when she was 17 year old, claims on her birthday, January 1st of that year, that she was walking through the pyramid and she saw a light reflecting through um, a crack in the stone because it looked like there had been an earthquake. So the pyramid was damaged. So she told her father, her father said, no, it's a piece of glass. She said, no, there's something special there. So she got, so they got the local natives to lift the heavy stone. They lowered her in because she was skinny and small at that age. And she put her sweater around what she saw reflecting the light. And I believe it was the top part of the Mitchell Hedges skull, which is two separate pieces. And when it came out, the local Mayan natives went crazy and started kissing wow. the ground because it was a sacred artifact. Yeah. And about, I think it was either six weeks or three to six months later in an altar area, they found the lower jaw. So this is how the skull came. So she, you know, found it. Her father led the expedition. And then when they left, the head Mayan shaman presented it to the family as a gift 
in uh, gratitude for the food, medical supplies, and clothing that they had given them, because they kind of adopted them as part of their family. Yeah. Okay? They were living with them for three or four years. So some people say that this is not the true story because a Mr. Bernie in the 1930s has this crystal skull and he's trying to sell it. And Mitchell Hedges quickly gets together money and he buys it back. And uh, Anna Mitchell Hedges said her father got a loan from Mr. Bernie for another expedition and he gave him the skull. And then when his son disobeyed his father to sell it, then he went back and got it. And then it stayed in their family since, since that time. So this What's is the, the value of the skull from your interpretation. Who knows? It's there is no value can place on something like this. That's I mean, yeah. I mean, we had a situation where the amethyst crystal skull called a me, which is the first one that I saw. That's actually on the cover of the first book I did, Mystery of the Crystal Skulls Revealed. I had an opportunity to work with the guardians at that time, and I was helping people do a crystal skull conference in Holland. Not too many people know this story. So you're the first time telling it on radio. And so I talked to the guardian or the owners. They knew me. I said, would it be possible to bring that skull, you know, to Holland? And they say, we don't have a problem, but you're going to have to pay the insurance for it. And no one would insure it for the proper value. They would only insure it for the value of the stone because they didn't believe that crystal skulls, you know, as we understand them, doesn't mean anything. It's just a stone made into a skull. So it was impossible to do anything uh, to bring that skull over. And then later on, they sold it. And we still don't know who the private owner of it is. And so there, there really is no value on that. Now, how many skulls, you asked me, how many skulls are there? Also, though, um, going back to the original one, the Mitchell Hedges, yeah. who, where did it come from? And who carved it? Who created it? Do they have any idea? Well. We have spiritual mediums who have sat with that skull. Okay, so they have different thoughts. And we talked about this in uh, Ministry of the Crystal Skulls Revealed from that perspective. So we think, so I'm going to just answer it from that perspective. Also, my co-author Sandra Bowen had visions of this too. We believe that the Mitchell Hedges skull existed in Atlantis, which is also discussed in a wow. book that was published through Anna Mitchell Hedges. And that lady's gonna, gonna hit me because I can't remember her name. This is the problem when you get 66 years old, you forget people's names. What is it? No, I'm talking about the skull speaks. Who was the medium that channeled that book? Davies. Carol. Carol Davies, okay. So Katrina saves me again, Carol Davies. So in Carol Davies, she went into an altered state in the presence of the Mitchell Hedges go and also discussed that it was made during the time of Atlantis. So um, they would have a very advanced technology during that period of time. But according to uh, Sandra Bowen, her visions was that there was a priestess in Atlantis called Shatritra, who when she died, they changed her bone skull and her entire body into crystal. Because they wanted to preserve the vibrational frequency of the priestess and her knowledge so the Atlanteans could work with it. So this is what I would offer. There's a connection for me, too, with Atlantis. When I think of the Mitchell Hedges skull, because this happened to me, when Anna Mitchell Hedges let me, you know, be around the skull while she was alive and looking at it for the really the first time, I just zoomed in and being with it in Atlantis, like it was in one of the healing temples in Atlantis. So for me... 
that that resonates. I don't think it was in Lemuria. I think it was in Atlantis. That makes a lot so of that, sense. Were you allowed to touch it? Well, um, what happened is I heard, although she didn't tell me this, I heard through my co-authors that Anna Mitchell Hedges allowed people to touch the skull, but then some people dishonored it. So she stopped. And now Bill Holman, uh, who she lived with at the end of her life, she, he was a very good friend of hers. He totally supported her and his family. Is the guardian of the skull now. When he worked with us in Seattle, Washington in 2016, he said people couldn't touch it. But, you know, if young children came or there was a, a girl who was, had a mental condition, you know, he, he would allow him to touch it. So it's a yes or no proposition. Depends on the guardian, how he feels. Again, but for the most part, I don't think he does. Joshua, um, can you, before we go to the next thing with you, I, I wanted to get you the opportunity if you could to answer how many are there. <laughs> right, I'm trying to, to do that. Yep. Okay, yep. the answer is, I don't know. Oh. Okay, the, the reason I say that is, is because how many are we talking about? You have the very old or, or ancient skulls of which we have no idea how many there are of those. Then we have the brand new ones that are being made by the thousands by the modern, modern guardians. And then there are probably a few, um, I, yeah, I'm not doing good today. It's when an object comes from out of nowhere. There is a term for a paranormal term for this, a ported, mm -hmm. a ported. So there are ported skull. We have one ported skull that came through a medium we knew in Seattle. He was doing a session and out of his mouth came like 40 or 50 objects, you know, which is a ported uh, energetically by spirit through him. And one of them was this little kind of like monkey skull. You, were you Opal. in the presence of that? Did you actually? Oh, yeah. I watched it drop from his mouth. And I actually had a vision that was going to happen before I went there. Okay. okay. But I laughed at the vision. Said it's wishful thinking. You know, he's going to pour a, a scalp. But I watched him do it. And, and I knew who it was coming to. So it was very so interesting. Speaking of uh, wishful thinking, okay. So again, I'm just trying to get an association here when people do purchase a skull. Does one look at it and you, and you know, the fascinating part, you, you talked about going to a conference in Holland on this. So there's this whole movement of skulls, if you would, apparently. So does one look at the skull, not only from a, a connection to their source, but do they often, or can you look at it as like a genie in the bottle of sorts? Is it ever looked at in that way? Or is that completely not what it's for? Like, can you... Can you really help us hone in on what exactly is this for, or is it just whatever whatever gets you through the day? Well, some people would wish it would be a genie in the bottle, okay? That they'd get a crystal skull and then all of a sudden all these magical things will start happening. But I don't really believe that's what their true purpose is. Their true purpose is to be a mirror to reflect back the essence of who each of us are. And the bottom line is we know as people on our spiritual path, we are an expression of divine creator. We're a unique expression of divine creator. So the skulls in a way is reflecting back to us in a way we can understand because everybody sees things in different way, who we really are and how we can be a catalyst for bringing har uh, harmony and peace to this planet. Because I believe every human being who has incarnated in this period of time now is either incarnated for two reasons payback of karma, because it's really intense right now, or like us, we're here to help build the new heaven and the new earth, which in a story I wrote, I called it the golden dawn. Some people call it the golden age, whatever you want, but, but it is happening now. It's going on. The 
uh, the light is is showing up everywhere. You know, all kinds of strange phenomena happening now that I see from people because we have these phones which are like video cameras now that can record everything going on on the planet. So we're living in a very amazing time. And I know the skulls have come out to assist us in this process. For sure so, we are. Really right. Cool. So they've been involved in a lot of meditations for world peace and world healing with people. There was a group in Canada when we did Crystal Skull World Day. They had over a thousand crystal skulls in the same place at the same time. That's a lot of energy. Yeah. I never heard of that before. A thousand. Before I, I just want to touch on something um, before we get to the next thing. Are, are you going to be in an, uh, the Arizona um, show that's coming up in, in March? No, okay. no, I, I never attend those those shows. I, I know that there are people that will come with all kinds of crystal skulls that you can see from the carvers, but I have never attended any of them. That's not your thing. I no got worries. you. No worries. Um, no. No, 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 no problem. Um, can you help us uh, talk about the experience you had messages from I want to make sure I pronounce Raji's. No, Argus. Argus. And then now who which is your future self, correct? Correct. So I have a I have a guide who um, shows me what our future is going to be like. And it says he says his name is Argus. I said, Who are you? He says, I'm you, Joshua. I'm in your future. I said, How can that be? He says, You know from spirit there's no space or time, right? I said, yes. So you're just hearing from another aspect of yourself that happens to be relative to where you are now in your future. So Argus has been showing me visions of what the world is going to look like. And the best I can get from him is 2037 to 2040. So here's my, here's my theory about what I think is happening. So okay. here we are right now at the cusp of major breakthrough, okay, of the great awakening. However, because we're so used to I don't know how to say it in a nice way. A system that doesn't work, which is not for our highest good, it's going to take us a while to acclimate to technology, uh, you know, all these good things that war no longer is going to exist, that we're all going to be brothers and sisters. We're going to be brothers and sisters with our cosmic extended family. We're going to be brothers and sisters with our family that's under the ground that's very advanced as well. So, it's like um, what he's showing me is there is this process, but he can't tell me step by step what happens. Okay. But there's another experience I had, which is a little bit different. That is how I know what I'm saying to you is correct. But I want to finish on, on this one. So in the future that he shows me, the community will be our family. So in other words, all the adults will be parents to all the children. And it'll just be surrounded by love. And it, it'll kind of be like what's happening to me. I, I don't have any children of my own, but Katrina has children. And uh, her daughter is allowing me to be the papa to her new daughter that was just born about a year Aww, ago. Really so this is my first time to be like a grandfather. If you know. And so this is giving me a, a sensing of what it's going to be like with the children of the future. And the children of the future will not understand the experiences that we're going through now. Well, it's impossible. That's good. This, this, yeah. can't be, this cannot be true. People harming each other, people stealing from each other, each other, people taking something from children for a drug. You know, all of this stuff, it, it will be unbelievable to them. So through Argus eyes, 
I just see like, you know, this very peaceful harmony. Everybody's doing what makes the heart sing. We're having contact with our galactic brothers and sisters. It's almost paradise. Now, people would say, but 2037 to 24, that's less than 20 years from now. But I just know that this is what's going to happen. And the thing I, I tell people is, in your mind's eye, if you just think about what would be the perfect world for you that you would like to live in, there will be a morning where you will wake up one day between now and then. And that is the world that's going to be around you. It yeah. is divine will. Nothing can stop this. This is what I have been told. Argus is Argus. Wonderful. Did you meet Argus through one of the skulls that you have? Was that that connection through Argus? He, he seems to have a connection with this blue skull that I've been looking for in Peru. And the reason I say that is, is because I have a story which I haven't, which I did publish. Okay, it's called uh, uh, um, Journey into the Unknown and Back Again. It's my first novel. Okay, a friend in the UK helped me with this. And Argus shows up in that story and he is speaking through the blue skull. He is speaking through the blue skull. So I think in the future, Argus may have this blue skull, which is not in the physical yet. Mm -hmm. It was in the physical during the time of Lemuria, but now it's waiting until the vibrational frequency of the earth gets high enough, and then it comes back. And so that, that's the connection. Are you able to see what Argus looks like? No. So you you hear this you feel the vibration. No, and 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 the reason he doesn't show it is is because with the advances we're going to have with medicine and technology, we're probably going to be looking in our 30s. Mm -hmm. So how could he look younger than me when he's going to be 20, 37? I was born in 55. So he's going to be like in his 80s or something. Right. Okay. He should have white hair and the whole thing. He's going to look younger than me. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then um what did he give you any information what is going to be transpiring from now until 2037? No, he can't. That's what that just because, right because he said I can't tell you exact because if I do then it changes that future. Right. Yeah. You know what to do and what not to do. You'll do everything proper, just trust me. You know, it's like it'll all work out. So I just trust it, but he cannot tell me what happens from now to then. So no. I just see that future and there's nothing else that I can see. And I just keep feeling myself anytime I get to talk about it, to, to take that fire as an Aries and say, this is the way it's gonna be, mm -hmm. okay? Like that, there's no doubt about it. Now, Project Looking Glass, which I didn't understand, but then I saw, um, what's her name, interview Bill Wood, the lady who does all the conspiracy, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so she interviewed Bill Wood, who worked with it, and he said it's a done deal in, in the looking glass of the future. There's only one future shown for the Earth. No matter what the not so nice people do, they cannot prevent this. Yeah, they cannot I, I stop totally it. Believe that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Nothing's going to stop this. Can you tell us about this? Um, I, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. I, I, tar, tartaria, is it? Tartaria. Tartaria. Can you can you tell us a reference of what that it actually is and what we need to know about Tartaria? Okay, so we know, we know, maybe not our audience will agree with this, that most of what we've been taught and learned in life is not the truth. Okay. Yes. That includes our history, who we are, and including the nature of our planet. We are not taught the truth about that either. Right. You know, NASA is a movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
okay, now Tartaria is related to past history. So why it is significant, and I needed a lot of convincing on this because, you know, I went to school and I believed in all the history that we were taught, but there was a person named Iwar Anan who started putting out these amazing videos on YouTube. There's a big following for him, mostly on Telegram. You know, so I always check into that group to see what's going on. And he's put out a whole bunch of videos now beyond this. He called it the, um, the lost history of flat earth, but it was really covering Tartaria. Hmm. What convinced me, and th let me just say what it is, and then I'll tell you why I was convinced of it. So Tartaria existed, believe it or not, about 200 years ago, a very advanced, peaceful civilization. Okay. And I think the people were quite tall also. Okay. And they had free energy and they understood everything about the earth and they had levitation craft and, you know, everything that we're moving towards in our future. They already had this. And I, I think a lot of what tests. Not that long ago. No, not that long ago. Yeah. And supposedly around the early 1800s, there was this massive flood that hit the planet and it wiped out these people. It wiped out this civilization. Now, for the latest book I did on Flat Earth, which we won't get into, I did interview a Pleiadian. I have a friend who channeled Pleiadian and he said there was some kind of beam weapons or something. Some people think there might be a layer of water, which might be part of the firmament in the sky. Yeah. They used it and they totally flooded out all the cities to do a reset, which is what they're trying to do again. Okay. Mm -hmm. With, you know, the B word and the P word and these things you're not supposed to talk about, but that's not going to happen this time. But the evidence that I saw was there are these tremendous buildings that are left from Tartaria that they say, oh, they were made in the 1600 or 1700. They didn't have the technology to make these buildings at that time, like the Taj Mahal, the Ark of Triumph in Paris. These were buildings were used for their free energy system. Mm -hmm. And I've actually seen someone on Telegram who showed one of these old buildings um, had an antenna and it was sparking because they were able to link into the ether and the atmosphere and bring down this free energy. And this is what is going to return and happen again. Plus, if you go into these cathedrals that have these tremendous geometric designs, they couldn't have possibly have made this either. This is all exactly. from, from cymatics. Right. This is cymatics. It's the sound producing vibrational frequency and energy. The Tartarians had all of this. Tartarians, so they were natural. And listen to this too. This is really, really, it freaks me out. When the Europeans came to, you know, start colonizing the United States, there were ruins of their cities here, immense. And what happened? They had to use fires and fake earthquakes to try to wipe these buildings out to try to get rid of all the evidence of it. And why do you think there were all these um, orphans that came up in the 1800s? It's because the cities were depopulated and they needed to repopulate them. I just saw a picture of Krakow in Poland with the floodwaters all the way up, okay? And I've seen pictures of Europe where the cities are totally vacant not one person is living there 1840s to the 1860s joshua tartarians uh, where where geographically would they have been located at okay so i've seen old maps that still exist and so this is a, this is my understanding of so tartaria was based where russia is okay 
And then um, what happened is they colonized the earth. And so that's why you're finding Tartarian cities in Canada, in the United States and other parts of Europe, in India, you know, like all over the world in Australia, I've heard people say they've seen the buildings there. So they just kind of colonized the whole planet. They gave the whole planet free energy, which once I studied it, it's very easy to do. If you have the right equipment, it automatically happens. And then the Tartarians also knew the true nature of our world, which would require another discussion. That's the new book that I just wrote about, which, uh, you know, some people are not happy with me about that one either, but that that's okay. Flat Earth book? Flat Earth, yeah. Well, we'll I, do I was, a follow-up uh, show just on that, because that's another, I love the flat And I'd Earth. like to do that, but but I would like to know this from you related, if you, if you don't mind. So I don't mind. We, we have uh, different theories about the flat, the flat okay. Earth and how it goes. Can you just tell us, again, I'd like to do a show with you on this or have a conversation with you on it, but can you tell us, Let's say we all get awoken to the fact that there is a flat earth. What is the benefit of us knowing it? That there um, is flat versus right. Well, I understand that we've been lied to, but what is the actual benefit? Okay, so the, this, this comes from other flat earth researchers. So I'm going to go with their answer because I'm still a relevant newbie, only been doing it about six months. The global model is used for control. So you don't think that God created the earth. And the flat earth model, which according to people who study the Bible said there's nothing about the earth being spherical or round in it, mm -hmm. talks about the firmament and everything, is because the creation and uh, the Pleiadian that I interviewed with too, he said that their world is the same with a dome and a flat surface, that this is the divine creation. Okay, so that would be the simplest way I could, I could answer that. Okay, well, but the other thing I would say is, Spirit saying, I got to say this, they can't get out. The dome is impenetrable. They cannot get out. They can only get out if their vibration is high enough. Right. So, so this makes sure that the mayhem going on in the earth is not proliferating into space, oh. which means all the sci-fi movies and things we've seen, it's not true because outer space isn't like that. If outer space was like that the sun could not exist because a flame like the sun or a nuclear explosion is, can't exist in a vacuum. If you put a flame in a, in a self-contained vacuum we create, it goes out instantaneously, cannot survive. So basically so this is we're living in like a terrarium. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like a terrarium. And next time, uh, when we have more time, I would love to know what's on the other side of the terrarium. Well, this is the part I don't think we quite know. Oh. We, th we think we think it's a liquid form, like in Star Trek um, Voyager, they had this species that had a liquid existence and fluidic space. So I'm thinking it's like dome, fluidic space, another dome. But the problem is there may be three or four domes connected to our realm. Mm. Yeah, in other words, we're in one, and there's another one over us, and there could be another one over like us. Like a Russian doll kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. so I that could it. be possible too, because yeah. extraterrestrials are not extraterrestrials, they're extraterritorial. Mm. So in other words, in the dome, right? Like all the ex all or outside that dome, or, oh. or outside of Antarctica, which they say circles the entire world so a circular flat disc with antarctica at the outer edge 
and that blows your mind and that's why they don't want you going there right right, okay. right. Exactly. all right well, well we'll we'll definitely do that another show uh listen joshua shapiro it's been really an honor to meet you and uh really enjoyed this conversation with you thank you for this and um, oh my so, pleasure yeah we appreciate your uh you know you, your uh, great representation of someone hearing crystal skulls for pretty much the first time well you know getting really an, an understanding of it i thought you did a great job so thanks again for that um you know, everybody, again, thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> right. So can I say something yeah. about the free ebooks? Yeah, yeah, sure. of course. Okay. So they're going to show you my email address. You'll, you guys will show my email. Yeah. I have six six free ebooks Spirit's been after me to do while we're sitting here doing not too much. So you get a 100-page free ebook on crystal skulls, the book from Argus about that vision, plus what happened to me in Peru is another one. We may be living in a computer simulation, Tartaria, Flat Earth. And then there's another one I got inspired when I interviewed Jean Decode, but it's from May of last year about what's really happening behind the scene. But I think a lot of that information is coming out right now. But those six, you know, all a person has to do is send me an email and I'll send you how to get them. So okay. and we'll have everything, line. everybody in the description below so you can stay connected and really grow and see what Josh's journey is like. And, right. Uh, or if you want us or if you want us to help you with the crystal skull, there's a bunch sitting here waiting for the new guardians or we have carvers. So anything that we can do to help, this is what gives us pleasure and joy. And, right. and we've helped a lot of people get their first skulls. So that's that's a great honor, too. Wonderful. Um, Thank you so uh, much. I'm happy for you that you're living your purpose. It seems like it seems like you feel like you're on the way. So God bless you on that. Thanks for that. And uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us, as you always do. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mr. Shapiro as much as we did. And we will see you next time. Thank you all so much. And together we are turning the universal key to global harmony and creating a unified world. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, tune in often. Tell all your friends. And most importantly, May all your dreams come true. Many blessings. We'd like to share a story. While it may sound fictional, it's very real and happening right now in front of our very eyes. It's called the Great Awakening. Our sisters and brothers that come on Spiritually Raw are doing everything to help expand global consciousness. And in many cases, putting everything on the line to share their messages about what's happening around the world for the greater good of humanity. We are living in the most unbelievable times. Some may even say biblical, scary for many and yet exhilarating for others. Together we are taking part in getting everyone acclimated to the great awakening process and the exciting new discoveries that lie ahead. The sad part is many of our amazing guests are being heavily censored, socially shamed and outright banned on many platforms for exposing the truth and piercing the veil. By becoming a viewer, you bring your powerful energy towards this global movement of other truth seekers. If you're resonating with our show, please let us know by hitting the like button, sharing, subscribing, turn on the notification and leave some comments. Together, we will turn the universal key to global harmony and create a unified world. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Thanks and God bless patriots worldwide. Hi, everybody. April and Jay here from Spiritually Raw. Welcome to Spiritually Raw Secrets to Broadcasting Riches. Now, uh, you're probably wondering, why did you guys put this course together? Well, this is truly a compilation of all of our experiences 
our ups, our downs, our pitfalls, what's worked, what hasn't worked over the past 10 years. And the number one question that we continually get literally to this day is, how are you guys making money broadcasting? So we figured we'd put together a course because there's no better time than right now for everyone to get off the bleachers and start speaking to help raise the vibration of the planet. So we put together a course that is so easy to follow, but not only is it very easy to follow and it's, and it's our experiences, but in the course, you're going to meet six other people, no, actually 10 other people that took it along with us. They are are in the journey, you're going to, you're going to hear about their wins, their losses, their successes, their pitfalls, and what's preventing them or has prevented them from making money in the media world. So in addition to that, we also understand the fact that we, and we wanted to bring this element to the secrets to broadcasting, which is to you. So for those of you who are very serious about saying, okay, I need to give this a go. I got a voice out there. It's time for me to let that voice loose and share my truth with people. And you also need to know, okay, well, how do I do this so I can support my family? Family and make a business out of this, right? So we also tie in the spiritual aspect of it. So in the course, you will learn the specific steps that April and I use to that we connect with at a divine level to get that inspiration that really fuels us on a day-to-day -day basis that really gives us the creativity we need, that gives us the direction we need, and really also taps us into our future selves to give us the roadmap so we know that we know with predictability what the outcome of these are going to look like. And you will get that same essence and same feeling as we go through this together. Now, this course is for everyone. If you're a beginner and you have absolutely no idea where to start, or you've been at it, it could be for months or years, and you're not just, you're not feel like you're not gaining any financial traction. The easiest way to get to where you want to be is find people or a mentor or experts in the area that you are looking to become an expert in and model what they're doing and model what they've done in the past. And this is exactly verbatim what we have done in this master course. We've done this for 10 years. We've taken a lot of that out of the way for you. So you don't have to go through that same journey that we have okay you can just go right there pass go collect your 200 bucks and hopefully a lot cut more out, out of fat. it cut out all <laughs> the fat and everything that comes along with it this is a really great time right now we need people out there we need people out there that are expressing their voices because as you know this is what your truth is what will raise the vibration of the planet and if we can collectively raise this vibration together we are going to manifest everything that we're hearing out there and so do your part if this is on if this is on your radar right now to have your own show to continue your own show and really give it a blast off take this course you really want to take this course because it will give you every specific step that you need and if you like our style which you know you, you <laughs> probably are right now because you're watching it and much love and thank you for that then just we're sharing everything with you we're putting it all out there for you so click on the link below you know what though yeah don't take our word for it forget about everything we just said <laughs> All you have to do is go down and watch all the testimonials yeah. of the people that have already taken the course and then make your own decision from there. Yeah. All you have to do is watch the testimonials, click the link and away you go.